eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This it's fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And here we are. Welcome in to a live post-game edition of fourth down in the Steel City. Alongside Josh Taylor, I'm Chris Mack. We thank you for coming to the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page. If you're listening to this after the fact, however you get it in your podcast app, we appreciate you doing it. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all that jazz. That's great, but don't forget your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today. Subscribe. Follow Fourth Down in the Steel City. You'll get notified as soon as new episodes are available. To those of you joining us live right now on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page, we appreciate you. You know how this works when we do the live uh, post-game editions of Fourth Down in the Steel City after primetime games. I bring the brown liquor. Whether it's good news or bad news, Yes, sir. Gets the job done. Thanks to my buddy. Yes, sir. Thanks to my buddy Tim Storino, uh, head football coach at Seton LaSalle, who was over. Seton LaSalle, my nephew, my nephew's a linebacker over there. All right. All uh, levels. I bet Timmy knows him then. Um, so uh he brought this over to his sister's house who lives in the neighborhood for trick-or-treat the other night. And Very nice. I don't know how there's some left over, but there's some left over. And I will use it to celebrate a 20-16 to 16 Steelers victory, Josh, over the Tennessee Titans. Have you brought the snacks, my friend? Oh, we have to keep the tradition alive. It started with what, Vegas? Was Vegas yes. the first one or was, Cle- was Vegas was the Cleveland. first one? Or was it Cleveland? Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland was the first one. Yes. Then Vegas. Now Tennessee. <laughs> By the way, they've won all three games. Oh, we got a trend. Barbecue. We oh. got to bring the snacks. We got some, got some vitamin water. Got some Halloween candy. Mm, I could taste them barbecue chips from the screen. Let's go. Let's go. We got the snacks. Let's get it on, baby. Let's do this. Oh, let's do this. Victory beverage. Let's crack this mm -hmm. open. Very nice. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Cheers. 
Oh, dear Lord. Very nice. My oh. wife gets mad because when I drink uh, bourbon, I snore, but oh well. <laughs> I snore whether bad. I don't drink bourbon or so. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> my <laughs> hates me either way when, I, when, when I'm sleeping, so it doesn't matter. Uh, 20 to 16 over the Titans. They improved to five and three. And I mean, it, this felt like, especially when you bake in all the penalties on both sides, oh, that this thing kind of played out the way we thought it might. The Titans didn't quite lean in on the run game the way I thought they would early on. I was really um, surprised at that, too. The Steelers come out and score their first, first drive touchdown uh, since last December against the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. And it is the first opening drive touchdown of Kenny Pickett's NFL career. So. And they looked good doing it? What, yeah. What is happening? What is happening here? I, wow. I don't know, but it looked really good. I mean, I'm going to say this. Let's get this out of the way first. Before we talk about any of the players, any of the plays, any of the calls, anything mm-hmm. else. I don't Go care. Ahead and say it. I know what you're going to say. I don't care if he does it from the booth. I don't care if he does it from the field. I don't care if he does it from the roof of AGH with a telescope. Matt Canada called a hell of a game tonight. There, it's done. I said it. Matt Canada called a great game tonight. There were for the second week in a row. He called a good game last week too against Jacksonville. And I, he I'll did. be honest, I, this. It was especially, especially, and you texted this in our group chat, Josh, during that final go-ahead drive. Balance. Balance. Finally, they found a run game, and they found some balance because they started Broderick Jones. Now, I'll admit, when I found out six hours ago or whatever it was, eight hours ago, Mm -hmm. that Jones was going to start, but at right tackle and not left tackle, I was a bit... Uh, confuzzled by the whole thing, but I said, you know what? If it gets them in the starting lineup, it gets them in the starting lineup. And they blocked really well tonight in the run game. There were very, I, I, I'm thinking maybe a handful or less of those plays where Najee or Jalen Warren get stacked up at the line or behind the line. Remember when we talked about this, when Mike Tomlin first talked about Dan Moore and, you know, if, if he was healthy, he might play, and we were talking about the decision to put Dan Moore back in the lineup because Mike Tomlin doesn't like guys losing their jobs because of injuries. Right. I said this then. I felt at the time that he was doing this to keep Dan Moore engaged. I thought it was for a particularly different reason. I thought he was keeping Dan Moore engaged because Dan Moore was going to be the one to move the right tackle. Little did we know he was keeping Dan Moore engaged because he was going to keep Dan Moore at left tackle and move Broderick Jones to right tackle. And you know what? After seeing one game of that experiment, I don't hate it so far. No. I don't hate that move. It has it worked. Broderick Jones blocking on that right side of the line benefited Najee Harris so much more than the alternative. You saw just how different that line looks when you mm-hmm. have a guy who is a road grader on your strong side of the line. It made so much of a difference. It looks so much better. Plus, it opened up the opportunity to have both Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington yep. next to each other, giving you that opportunity to get your run game going. And if there was a day that they needed their run game to get going early, it was this one. They needed it in this game. 
more than we even realized based on the result of it all because the pass game had their yeah. issues. The quarterback had his issues, but the run game got going and it pretty much kept the line moving with this whole offense. And it pretty much helped benefit them during that first drive to where they scored a touchdown. And it benefited them in that last drive where they scored a touchdown. 88 yards on 11 carries for Jalen Warren, who I, I tweeted this. It, it, I've never stood at the bottom of Sycamore Street in Mount Washington and tried to catch a human-sized bowling ball as it rolled down the hill at me at terminal velocity, but I imagine that's what it's probably like trying to tackle Jalen Warren. He continues to just make yards out of out of nothing sometimes, always scratch and fight and claw for the extra yards. Um, and then Najee Harris, 69 yards, nice, on 16 carries, including that 10-yard touchdown run to cap the first drive, Josh. And to bring it back around to the offensive line, the much maligned and rightfully so offensive line and the changes that were made, that touchdown is Isaac Sayamalu pulling over to the right side and kicking out. It is Broderick Jones getting seven yards downfield and taking out two guys with one block. It is Darnell Washington sealing off the outside. That's what we've been waiting for, and we got it. They gave me what I wanted, Chris. They <laughs> ran power to the right side. Oh, now, it looked all, good. All I need after that, and you start giving me a little bit more counter to go with the power. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Alex Kazora because we talk about this all the time. Power right, counter left, rinse, repeat. You give me that, I'm happy as a clam. But like, I got to point this out. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren combined 157 rushing yards on 27 Ooh. carries. a carry with your running backs. 16 carries for Najee, 11 for Jalen Warren. You can tell me which guy's better if you want to. They're working together. It's efficient and it works. That's all I care about. Most of the league these days is running back by committee. And the teams I usually have the best success down the road do it because they know they need more than one guy. And today, both their guys showed up and did their thing behind a really, really efficient offensive line. Was this their best blocking day of the season? It sure feels like it. It was their best run blocking day of the season, hands down. Yeah, definitely the best run block. I would agree with that. Um, Sure. And there there weren't many instances where it felt like Kenny Pickett was under siege either. I mean, there were a couple. Tennessee brought a zero blitz a couple of times. There was one in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, I want to say in particular, uh, where Kenny just kind of chucked the ball to the sideline because too much pressure came at once. But that was more about numbers than it was blocking. And it was still a smart decision, though. So give him credit for that. He didn't bail out. He knew what he needed to do. He processed the situation and made the right move to fight to live to fight another day. Yeah, I get bases on that. So here's the problem, and we're 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 happy. Things are good. They're five and three. I don't want to complain. I don't want to be complaining complainers in tonight. Uh, but those. Three drives, especially the two mm. immediately following the touchdown drive, it kind of mm. allowed Tennessee to get back into the like the Steelers put together that first drive, and you're like, oh man, give me another one of these, get up yep. fourteen nothing. When well, I'll go to bed early. I I might not even have to watch the final five minutes of this thing. But they let Tennessee get back into it and find a rhythm on offense, despite some excellent pass rushing throughout the night. Because they couldn't hold on to the ball themselves. Uh, two it's three and outs rough. on the following two drives. Kenny Pickett was 0 for 4 and some really bad 
balls on those two drives. He completely overshoots Deontay Johnson on one and George Pickens on another that just should have been nice little touch passes. He didn't have to throw rockets. And then he's got Calvin Austin deep downfield, early second quarter on a ball that all he's got to do is just put a little more ass into and Austin catches it in stride and goes all the way. Um, but he, he underthrew it and it got broken up. So there were, and there were multiple instances tonight where Kenny Pickett was off target again and did not look right. Was it the ribs? Maybe. I don't know. Probably. Was, probably. What, was it, was it just, that's Kenny Pickett. That's probably part of it too. You probably take, also that too. You take, that's just Kenny Pickett and mix in some really banged up ribs and you probably get some of those throws. It's not an excuse because the bad throws have been a part of the mix before the ribs. Um, But it it becomes worrisome that once again, we spent the first three quarters after the first drive waiting for him and the offense to get some things together. Again, credit to Matt Canada. I think he called a really good game. Kenny Pickett was just missing spots on those following three drives. He ended up the three drives following the touchdown drive, I think he ended up three of eight for like 16 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not good enough. He's got to be more consistent. Not only did we see some issues with Kenny Pickett throwing the football, I think we also saw what could happen when everything else around him clicks. Mm-hmm. Because I thought when the ball was in the receiver's general direction, they caught the ball and made plays, except for one play in particular. Yeah, that should have been made and it wasn't. And it was the guy who didn't make it that made it so stark. George Pickens not getting both feet down in the end zone. He had plenty of space to do so that that bothered me a lot because that is really unlike him. That's one of those things where you hope Frisman Jackson sits him down and says, look, elite receivers don't do that. If you want to be considered a elite, elite receiver, because he's got all the ability and the talent and the athleticism in the world, but elite receivers make that play. And someone needs to get it through his head. If you want elite receiver recognition, if you want elite receiver money, you got to make elite receiver plays and you got to cash that one in because that was even an elite level catch. That that's that was it, it was maybe a step above garden variety, but he's got to make that play. I mean, it was a nice ball. It was one of the, before the the final, before the fourth quarter, one of the few nice balls that Kenny Pickett yeah, had. It was on target. Um, can't, get, can't fault him for that one. No. And here's the problem is, I don't know. I wasn't there. So I, I'm not watching the sidelines. I can't see the sidelines from home. But you see tweets uh, from people who are there yeah. at the game talking about how George Pickens looks to be visibly angry on the sidelines during the second half. And Deontay Johnson's trying to calm him down. Um, Two catches for minus one yard. I'd be upset too, I guess, if that was my line for the night. But I'd also be okay with the fact that we somehow won and are five and three now. Would I be annoyed with the fact that I'm getting shut down? Yes, I would. But I'd also understand that it's opening things up for the guy who is... Right now, I'll I'll be honest, despite his issue with ball handling in the past, including last week, Deontay Johnson is more dependable than George Pickens right now. Um, That's wild to think, but it is. I mean, Kenny Pickett can find Deontay Johnson in just about any situation. And he excels in the area that Kenny Pickett needs someone to excel in. We've been talking about this how many weeks now since he came back from the IR? Route running, short and intermediate, and third down. 
That's what you need Deontay Johnson for. Possession, man. I, I Possession mean, receivers. They, look, I, I know a lot of people want the guys that go down the field, make plays, and they can burn everybody on, on, in the gym in the track meet, and that's fine. You still need possession guys that make plays when mm-hmm. everybody in the stadium knows that somebody's got to make a play. Yep. Deontay Johnson has the cap- – he's always had the capability of being that guy. He's always had the talent and the potential to be that guy. And he played like that guy tonight when Kenny Pickett needed him to. Seven catches on nine targets for 90 yards and a (gasps) touchdown. Touchdown for Deontay Johnson for the first time since Ben Roethlisberger was still this team's quarterback. Um, So where are we? Some alternate. It's we're on an alternate timeline. Here we go. Greg, what timeline are we on? Where are we? Greg Greg (laughs) Finley, our producer, get your tip pad out. Where are we? Loki episode five dropped tonight. So that's why I'm asking the question. Like, uh, are we in the TVA? What happened here? We're somewhere, but Deontay Johnson's in the, in the, we're, we're in the, the alternate timeline where Deontay Johnson catches touchdowns. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm all right with it too. I'll hang out here for a while. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Cool by me. I do worry about Pickens needing to be sort of soothed and calmed down. And look, man, you know, you're going to get the attention. We, we, we talked yeah. about it leading up to the game. We said it makes a ton of sense for Tennessee to try to take George Pickens out of the game and make Kenny Pickett rely on Deontay Johnson. Now, if Deontay Johnson... It's almost John- a common sense game plan. Almost. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take, the guy, I'll take the guy who's going to get us, you know, 9, 10, 11 yards at a time over the guy who's going to kill us with, a, you know, two or three big plays. Now, if Deontay Johnson... Go ask Johnson- Baltimore if they regret not giving him more attention. Right. If Deontay Johnson continues to do this, where it's six, seven, eight catches a week for 85, 90, 95 yards and a score here and there, well, guess what? Then people are going to start to devote some more attention to him and things will open up for George Pickens. And and if we see 5.8 yards per carry on 27 carries from the running backs, Mm -hmm. you'll see that opportunity open up for George Pickens too. Because guess what opposing defenses are going to start doing? They're going to start bringing that safety down into the box and trying to take away the run. Because this is something that they pointed out on the Amazon broadcast, and I thought was really, really smart. They were running against some really light boxes. Mm-hmm. Tennessee was really playing off. They were respecting the pass. They were making it a point to try to take that deep pass away because they knew exactly what George Pickens could do. Right. So to, to Pittsburgh's credit, they took advantage of it and said, look, you're going to give us a space to run the ball. We're going to keep running it. They, they want George Novak on them. We're gonna run till you stop us. Yeah. At least, you know, when it was when it was necessary. But yeah. I, I like that from Matt Canada because Matt Canada had he, he could have done anything else in the world. And we've seen him do some things that haven't made sense in in, in times past. Yeah. But in this particular game, the run game, I think they knew the run game was gonna have to take center stage here, at least to some degree. So when it came time for the run game to actually produce and be efficient, they did exactly what they needed them to do. And that will open up opportunities for George Pickens as well. Because defenses are now going to have to decide, okay, do we want Johnson to beat us? Do we want the run game to beat us? Or do we want the alien to beat us? And they're going to have to pick them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
And then in a few weeks, you'd hope Pat Fryermuth's back in the mix as well. And that's just another level of comfortability, you hope, for Kenny Pickett uh, in that he's got another target near the line of scrimmage that he feels comfortable dumping the ball off to when there is pressure. Although, I thought he handled pressure, like we talked about, much better tonight than he has at any yes. other point this season. He, I thought he processed the field a lot better just in terms of pre-snap, scanning the field, looking at what he had as far as matchups, mm-hmm. looking what he had in the box as far as number of bodies. That's what I talked about earlier. That throwaway I thought was a really good decision by him because why take that risk and live to fight another day? I thought he processed everything well. They didn't use motion as much as they did against Jacksonville and against the Rams, but I thought they used it when they needed to, when they yeah. needed to be absolutely sure what Tennessee was doing. I thought he did a really good job of processing that and knowing exactly what he was getting into. So all of that from that particular perspective, I give him credit for. The only thing that was missing was the consistency and the accuracy. You get that in there and you're talking about a much different performance. You might be talking about a much different outcome than this game. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, On the other side of the ball, man, that is, Joey Porter Jr., we've been saying it. We've been harping on it for weeks now. He's got to be in there. He's got to be in there. He's got to be in there. He was in there. And he made DeAndre Hopkins' life a living hell tonight. Like, I know Hopkins got loose a couple times in the first half, but you watch that from basically the moment they decided to put Porter on Hopkins almost exclusively all the way through to the end of the game where it looked like Levi Wallace drew some of those coverages. Um, Porter was, was perfect. Now he's going to take penalties. You just have to understand that. Like he's got a whole lot of, he's going to make mistakes too. Like he did against Jacksonville. Yes. He's got a whole lot of his dad's DNA. He does want to play physical, even if he doesn't want to tackle. And there's, there's that thin strand of, of Mel Blunt DNA in there too, that filters through a lot of Steelers corners and that they want to be up in your face and they want to play you physical mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage. I, I thought he was fantastic against Hopkins tonight. I mean, completely took just about completely took him out of the game in the second half. Considering what this team did, this Tennessee offense did the last time they were out in the field against Atlanta, and that is no that's no Mickey Mouse secondary in Atlanta. Mm-mm. If considering what they did against the Falcons, for Joey Porter Jr. to step in. It, I mean, I guess officially his first official start, because I, I think he started the last game because Levi Wallace didn't play. But his second real taste of consistent snap-to-snap action, and he's doing that against DeAndre Hopkins after he just lit up a whole bunch of vets the week before or yep. five days or four days before, that's that's how it marks, man. I think he did everything we could expect him to do, maybe a little bit more in some areas. But like you said, the penalties are going to happen. And, and some of this is – pretty much the world of being a defensive back. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more heat for some things than maybe you get credit for doing things right. Just because sometimes the mistakes are a lot more visible. And sometimes the things you do right aren't visible because they're not seen always in the game footage because it might be away from the play. It might be away from where the camera is. So it may not be picked up right away. So sometimes people aren't always going to see the things you did right, but we saw the things he did right because the guy he was covering, we didn't see him in the second. half. Right. He disappeared. Yeah. Totally yeah, disappeared. He was, he was he was Chris Angel because he was making DeAndre Hopkins disappear in the second half. He was mind freaking all of us, man. It was uh, it was it was impressive. I was impressed too that, and maybe some of this is on Tennessee's inability to do it, basically because what other downfield threats do they really have? 
Um, but they didn't, they weren't really able to expose anything in the middle of the field the way I thought they would try to. I thought once they established some semblance of a run game, which again, they didn't quite commit to as early as I thought they would, that they yeah, would start to attack. I, I thought after that, they would start to attack the middle of the field, especially deep middle with some play action, draw, tr- try to draw a couple of aggressive safeties in KZ and Neal up into the box with some play action. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, credit, to, credit to Will Levis. I want to be clear. Will Levis had a really good game. Yeah. Will Levis looks legit. I, I was um, impressed. But I, I, I don't. I don't know if they necessarily, if his offensive coordinator necessarily did him any favors tonight. They didn't. There were a few times where they kept some extra protectors in to give him an extra second or two. Look, I understand their offensive line mm-hmm. is in shambles right now, and there's not much you can do yeah. against Watt and Highsmith with that level of talent uh, present or and they were losing guys every other snap too they were yeah these guys every other snap it was bad the, it was their, their bad. line it was, it was rough situation is a mess um but they didn't do much i didn't think anyway to to help levis um and he still no, had a good didn't. game um so you know credit credit where it's due the steelers defense despite bending very frequently in the first half decided in the second half that they were going they were done with that. And you get a couple of sacks from Alex Highsmith who's got four and a half on the season now. You get another one from TJ Watt who's at I think eight and a half or nine and a half now. Yeah. Um and those two just wreaked havoc. I had an idea it was going to happen that way. I'm surprised they didn't end up with more sacks to be honest with the number of pressures and hurries they had. But they Credit to Will Levis for standing in there, climbing the pocket multiple times. Um, that guy played a hell of a game for his first start in the NFL on the road. And he he stood in and made some throws and took some shots after making throws. And it wasn't just the guys off the edge. A couple, couple times, guys on the interior got nearby him too, and he would get rid of the ball and took a shot. I, I thought – that's one of the bigger marks for a quarterback when you can do something like that in your second start, your first road start in, in a, an environment like that where you have, and they were talking about this during the game broadcast, Her, Kurt Herbstreit called him, you know, probably the best tandem pass rushing pair in the league. And you're standing tall against that group and staying in the pocket and making throws. And I mean, granted, you didn't complete all of them that you wanted to, but the fact that you're willing to stand in there and make that throw, not, not only is that something that, we notice not only is this something that helps as far as you know when you do find a guy open and maybe making a play because he did make some plays just by standing in the pocket and getting throws out mm-hmm. but that also goes over huge with the guys on your sideline that oh, goes yeah. over huge with your receivers that goes over huge with your offensive line when they see you in there standing in there and taking shots to help them succeed and maybe overcoming someone else's mistakes to try to make a play, that's something that those guys see and they feed off that. And you can even see just by him how he broke the huddle. That dude walked in with confidence, and he stood in with confidence, and he made throws with confidence. And I'd say every every throw he tried to make up until that last one, he made with confidence. And I thought that was a really, really important thing. And it probably kept Tennessee in the game for as long as they were in it. I'll be honest. I, I thought just after watching – highlights of last week's game and the clips I saw from last week's game that he was going to walk in and and not be able to walk in because of the size of his onions 
I thought he was going to walk in and put himself in trouble in difficult situations because he was going to think he was able to do things that maybe he couldn't do, that he was going to write checks that he mm. couldn't cash. But he stood back there. He took shots. He knew TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith were bearing down on him. Um, Cam Hayward got in the backfield a couple mm-hmm. times. A Landon Roberts with a huge stick on Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter. Oh he got gosh, in the backfield once tackle. or twice. Um, the, the, the Steelers created havoc. And Will Levis, to his credit, did not blink. So that dude's going to be a problem going forward. I really think so. Especially yeah. if they start to give him some some quality weapons uh, in the receiving game. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry's not going to be around forever. Uh, D-Hop's not going to be around forever. But they've got a young rookie tight end. They've got, they've got some pieces they can start to put around Levis. Um, if he stands in there and delivers more often than not the way he did tonight, they're going to win some of these games that that are like the one they lost tonight. Uh, again, I just don't know how many favors they did him. Um, back though yeah. to back though to the the run game because it felt like early and at times that this thing might get away. Like Derrick Henry only ends up with four point four yards a carry, seventy five on seventeen carries. Um, the Titans as a whole only mm-hmm. end up with one hundred and five on twenty five carries, so four point two. Uh, there were times where I thought, oh, man. I mean, there was a huge tackle by KZ at one point uh, that kept Derrick Henry from breaking what would have been like a 70-yard touchdown run. He was going to be gone if KZ yeah. didn't trip him up. Um, but they seemed to clean it up. Like Fournette style six years ago gone against Jacksonville. Yes, yes. Uh, and so I, I come back around to this, Josh. Like, as I watch this team week after week, and now they're five and three, and it's like, my God, how are we here? But they're here. Um, they continue to. We know how they're here, Chris. But continue. They they do continue. They, every week, there are moments during the first two or three quarters where I go, what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? What do we what do we do? This oh, okay, here we go. Here's the 27th ranked rush defense in the league. Okay, here we go. Oh, here's Kenny missing people all over the place. Oh, here's this. Oh, here's that. And then in the fourth quarter, they inevitably find a way. And look, it's it's five and three. It's not like they're they're steamrolling people, but this is exactly how they were built to just stay in games and then pull them out late. And it worked. They, they won tonight without having to get a big play from the defense either. There were plenty of, you know, nice plays by the defense, but they didn't need a huge turnover or anything like that in a crucial moment. They just, they finally stopped bending. And and, and I, I don't know. It, it's, there's something to be said for, I guess, infuriating your fans for three quarters and then showing up in the fourth quarter. It, it's, it's, it's right there dancing on the edge of torture. Mm-hmm. It, that, it's really what it is. I was talking to somebody about this probably earlier today, maybe. And I, I was telling them, I said, you know, when, when you're a boxer and you're up against a guy who punches maybe heavier than you do, he's a bigger puncher than you. And he, and you know that he can knock you out in one punch. You're not going to try to get in close and try to slug it out with him. No. You got to try to outlast him as long as you can. You got to stick and move. You got to dance. You got to stay out of range. You got to use your jab here and there. And I use this this analogy week one with San Francisco. It just so happened they had a bunch of knockout punches. It just didn't work. Yeah. But in five of those eight games, they've been able to use your jab, keep their distance, stick and move, 
take a few body blows here and there. And then when the time comes, you maybe catch one slip, maybe one, you know, lean too far and you get a good counter punch and you land one square on the chin. And that's what they've been doing. Not just this season, not just last season. I'm going to go back to this. They've been doing this for the last four, maybe five seasons. If you want to yeah. take it back to 2019, I know the 400 yards of offense stat goes back to 2020 and week two. For me, this whole defense and what they've been doing, it goes back to week three of 2019 for me. They've been doing this for almost five full seasons. And people still wonder, well, is it sustainable? Folks, they've been doing it for almost half a decade. And they're winning more than they're losing. I yeah. think somewhere along the line, it's working. It may not be what you want. It may not right. be what you like. It may not look cute and sexy on a highlight package. And it may not be great for clips on Twitter. I get all that. But you know what? Style points only matter in the FBS. This level... Winning is hard enough. And they don't look at how you won. They don't look at how much you won by. You know what they look at when it comes to the playoff seeding and who wins the divisions? How much did you win? Yep. Not how you did it, just how much you won. Not how who many, you beat, yep. how much you won. How many that's W's? How ma- what's the number under the W and what's the number under the L? And that's how now we if you have, right. Now, if you have the same number of wins as another team, then they might have to go to... Well, how many teams did you beat in your division? Right. Then they might have to go to how many teams did you beat in your conference? Then it gets down to how you won. But for and which, by the way, they're what four and two in the conference now? Four and two in the AFC? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing that too. How about so this? Two and zero <laughs> in the division, four and two in the conference, five and three overall. They beat an NFC team on the road that they had never beaten in in, in that city before. Mm-hmm. Coach that people thought was better than Mike Tomlin, even though he still hasn't beaten Mike Tomlin yet. No, by the way, neither has Mike Vrabel in three games. Top five, though. But it, <laughs> it, it, it all comes back around to the same thing. We can hate how they're doing it, but the fact that they're still doing it is the thing you can't lose sight of. So yeah. three now overall, two and oh in the division, four and two in the conference. They're doing the small things right to get the numbers that matter. Whether you like it or not, whether you like how or not, this is what they're doing. This is how they've been doing it. And it's been working for a while. Can, can it, Will it stay that way? I don't know. But if they have to resort to this, then they will. And it's worked more often than not. I mean, it, it worked against Tennessee. It worked against Cleveland with a little help from a Nick Chubb injury. I, I know. It, it, it worked and against Baltimore. Touched. Yeah. It, it worked against Baltimore, to be honest. It worked oh, against the Rams. It worked against the Raiders. And so, is there any reason it can't work against Green Bay? Or it should. against the Browns again? It should. Or against New England or Arizona? <laughs> considering or the Indy. fact that considering the fact that New England was the original team that was really great at doing that at some point mm-hmm. in the past 10 years, it should. I mean, that's... Those hold on. What did I say? Green Bay, Cleveland, New Arizona, England. New Arizona. England, Indy. That's Since five. He's in there too. Yeah, they oh they, they got they got the two games against Cincy left. They got yep. Baltimore left. They got Seattle left on back the to back Ohio trips. Yeah, but there's there's five games. They they win those five games. I didn't even mention Cincinnati, Baltimore, or Seattle. They win nope. those five games I mentioned that they could win in the same style that they won. Tonight, or the same style that they won against the Rams. Is three of them are at home? Yeah, that's 10 wins. 
That's 10 wins. That's that's a playoff team. That's and and right now they have the fourth worst point differential in the AFC <laughs> because it, it doesn't no have to be pretty, right? Just like you it, said, it, it doesn't no have to be pretty. And if they end up 10 and 8 or excuse me, 10 and 7 with a negative point differential, no one's going to care because that doesn't matter once you get to the playoffs. It's about one game at a time. And if you can pull it off again in a wild card game against Jacksonville or whatever the case may be, who knows? Maybe you play the Houston Texans in the first round of the playoffs. Nobody has any idea how this is going to go. We're all, none of us know anything. Um, So you got to five and three and it wasn't pretty the entire time. And we got lots of questions about the quarterback and, but man, they're here. That's where they're at. They're five and three with at least five more eminently winnable games on the schedule. This is my Grinch smile with like the hair, like unrolling. <laughs> Cause you mentioned the playoffs and there are two people say, Oh, well, this isn't sustainable. What you're doing. Here's where I kindly They've done it for you. half a season now. They've done it for half a season now, but here's where I kindly remind people who keep saying, oh, it's not sustainable, all these close games and not enough definitive victories and these one-possession wins. The team that won the Super Bowl last year, Chris, how many games do you think they won by one possession? Well, most. uh, You're you're on to something by saying most. Most, yeah, almost all, right? Ten. They won ten games, regular season and postseason combined by Mm -hmm. one possession including all three games in the postseason. Here you go. Stop telling me that this isn't something that makes sense because there is a mountain of empirical evidence that tells me otherwise, including the teams that you think this team needs so desperately to be like. Yeah. And they're doing the exact same thing that this team's doing. They're just getting to it in a different direction. They're just going around the more well, the well-paved path. Two roads diverged in the wood, right. and the Steelers are taking the one that is less traveled by. And honestly, not to overquote Robert Frost, but it has made all the difference. <laughs> yes, I'm waxing poetic. What time is it? It's 12, 12, 12 13 12 in the morning. <laughs> at least one of my kids is asleep. <laughs> I say at one. least one because my daughter's probably still up. She was watching the game with me. Uh, by the way, when I hold my daughter during games, good things happen. Okay. So well, I think that. you know the assignment then from here on yeah. out. I think that's I think that's what we're gonna do moving forward. But huh. it, it like not to be super poetic, but it it really is. Like I don't know why people are thinking that every team that wins a bunch of games is going out and blowing out teams by two touchdowns. Folks, well, I think I think it's literally fifty one literally fifty one percent of games in like the last twelve or twenty three years have have been a margin of between one to eight points. Literally 51% of every game since 2000 has been a one to eight point margin. And it's more obvious than ever. When you look at the standings this year around the league, that no, there is no one dominant team. Like, okay. The Eagles are the one team that only has one loss. Great. They're it. And they're seventh in the league in point differential. Like it, it, you know, Buffalo who's first in the league, they're five and three. Guess who else is five and three? The flipping Steelers. So look, if, if you want to pretend, look, we'd all love to have a, a, a Joe Burrow or a, you know a, 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 a Patrick Mahomes, an electric quarterback who can take over a game and put up four hundred yards and 
five touchdowns and all we'd all love to have that but there's so few and far between that a handful of teams have that kind of guy right so and, what about everybody else and we'd all love to go you know 13 and 4 14 and 3 it doesn't happen that often so if the goal is to go 10 and 7 get in as a wild card maybe you steal one more and end up 11 and 6 and in this division that might be enough to compete for the division to, based on some tiebreakers any anything uh, kevin garnett anything is possible so <laughs> uh, i i th- this is look this is how i go a- after every game it's either the sky is falling and how are they going to make how are they going to win 7 games or you know what? You look at the schedule, they could win 10. And I guess that's exactly what we expected from this team coming in this year. And for the last couple of years, they are a seven to 10 win team. And it's just about getting things to break the right way. They broke the right way tonight. And now, now, oh, we got a little mini buy kind of. We got a few yeah. days off. Get yeah, some guys healthy. Yep. Get some guys healthy. Get yourself prepared for the final of these three games in a row at home against a quarterback who's another young quarterback. And this one's struggling mightily, Jordan Love. You could really do some things to him that make his head spin. And, and I then think they will. And then if if that works out the way we all think it could, six and three with back-to-back trips to Ohio, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, if this team has seven wins, split them, split them, and I'm happy. Yep, yep. If this team has seven wins by Thanksgiving, my God, I got no problem with that. Now you're telling me I only got to get three in the final seven, and I'm a playoff team. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. So, and that's even with Kenny Pickett continuing to have his struggles. It's going to continue. Look, Kenny Pickett is what Kenny Pickett is. Did the ribs mm-hmm. maybe affect him a little bit tonight? Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah. Um, but even without the rib injury, he's still Kenny Pickett. And therefore, it's not a knock. It's just an acknowledgement of fact, an acknowledgement of the truth. And what did LA Knight say? It's not an insult. It's just a fact of life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, everything is wrestling. Everything is wrestling. Every, wrestling or the wire. Um, or outcast. Um, so true, true. true. Um, so throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> and if you like fish and grits and all the pimp shit, everybody oh, gives me here. You say, Oh yeah, you um, I'll do the whole damn right song. Now. I'm um, in fifth grade right now. Keep, keep playing. <laughs> My mind um, is back. So look, good things. Five and three. Um, and Kenny Pickett has some time to maybe get some things right. Matt Canada called another quality game. Another good game. Defense stood tall again. I don't know how much more you can ask for now except to get Minka back healthy, get Fryermuth back healthy. Those two things happen over the next few weeks. I think you're feeling really good uh, going into the Ohio games and getting to around Thanksgiving time. I'll say even building Cam Hayward back up to where yep. he's able to play a, a, a bigger number of snaps and rotate in a little bit more. I That's it for me. Just get this team healthy because every other problem they have is fixable. They're fixable. Kenny Pickett's issues are fixable issues. The offense's issues are fixable issues. I think they just fixed one of them tonight because they replaced their, they replaced their highest 
paid lineman, yeah. by the way. We thought it was such a big deal that they didn't pull Dan Moore. Okay, fine. Take the highest paid one out of the starting lineup and put the rookie first rounder in there. And you saw what the effect of that was. This running game looked the best it probably did all year. Uh, Levi so Wallace, that's one problem they fixed. Levi Wallace is one of their highest paid guys on I'm going to say he's fifth highest paid guy on defense. There you go. They decided to push him to the side until late in this game so that Joey Porter could get a start. So, yeah, that hasn't stood in the way. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm happy we somehow got here to five and three uh, and the Steelers get ready. (laughs) Man, it's a it's a long and winding road. (laughs) What a long, strange trip it's been. We only got halfway through the season. Only got nine more weeks. That's all. Oh, my gosh. We need some more of these. Um, Yeah. And yeah, we'll we'll do this again uh, because it's sort of like a, a a mini buy. We will be off from fourth down in the Steel City until Tuesday. We will do a Mike Tomlin press conference reaction episode, obviously as we usually do, and then start to build up and get you ready for the Packers coming to town a week from Sunday. Uh, we'll see how things go with the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns this weekend. I think all three have an opportunity to win which will continue to to keep the AFC North very competitive. Of course, between now and next Tuesday, actually, I should remind you, we will have our hot sheet episode. We'll make our picks for Sunday's games. Uh, So we will be back between now and Tuesday to get you ready for the rest of, what is this, week nine of the NFL season. Uh, But until then, thank you for joining us live on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page. Got to give some shout outs to people who uh, chimed in. Huh. Micah says, Matt Canada on the sidelines forever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't let him go home. Make him camp out at Heinz Field on the sideline. Alex Kazora from Steelers Depot said, pretty much just glue him there. He's not allowed to move it, go anywhere yes. ever again. Never again. I thought that was hilarious. Let's yes. Absolutely. Uh, Got to say hi to David, who's in Spain at now 520 in the morning. Wow. Uh, we appreciate it. 520. Is that right? Is that, did I do the time change? Right? Whatever. Um, he's got to get up early and go to work. So we appreciate him getting up to hang out with us. Thanks to Phil, to Allie, to Jim, to everybody else who commented on the YouTube stream tonight. We appreciate you joining us live on the 93, seven, the fan YouTube page. Don't forget if you missed any of this, if you didn't jump in right from the very beginning, you can download it as a podcast inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, follow the podcast there. You'll get notified as soon as new episodes are ready, including our hot sheet episode where we'll pick the rest of this weekend's NFL games on Saturday morning. Until then, for Greg Finley, our producer, for Josh Taylor, for the bottle of the brown liquor and the Wu-Tang, which is for the children, and the Snyder's barbecue chips, and for somehow getting to five and three halfway through the season, I'm Chris Mack. You need to diversify your bonds. This has been 4th Down in the Steel City. Cheers.